<laughs> what an image to start on. Hello and welcome to um, From Panels to Pictures. Uh, this is the movie and TV uh, podcast, I guess, now, um, from the Comic Crush. I'm your host, Paul, and I am here with Nikki Rax, who has very kindly joined me again. Hey, guys. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing, Nikki? Good, good. How you doing, Paul? Very good, very good. Thank you. Um, just woken up from a nice long nap, which I think is probably the perfect state to talk about this movie in. Uh, we are, of course, going to be talking about uh, Justice League, or Zack Snyder's Justice League, as we now call it. Um, hello to everyone who's listening on the podcast version as well. Uh, thank you again for, for joining us. I hope you're enjoying these coming out on, on video and podcast. Um, drop me a line, let me know what, what you think and and what you'd prefer if you'd like them just podcast or just video. Um, before we get into the movie, I have to say, uh, if you like what we do, hit the subscribe button, uh, give us a like, give us a share. Do drop us a comment below because we will we will answer those comments. We will talk to you just underneath, just underneath. Um, and also, just a heads up that you can find details to contact Nikki about any of her art. Um, because as you probably all know by now, Nikki is a excellent artist. Her art is for sale. If you want to contra contact her about that, you can do it through Instagram, which we'll have below. Um, and contact contact us at the Comic Crush as well. Um, you can sort of talk to me on social media about anything you like. Uh, comics, the comic book movies. Give us a shout if you want to give us a comment about any of the shows or anything you do. But we're going to jump right into this now. Um, so, bit of background: 2017 Justice League movie finally drops, but Zack Snyder, having gone through a terrible personal tragedy, had decided to leave the project. Um, from all accounts, he was pretty much done with the movie. However, um, I think that Warner's wanted to go in a slightly different direction from the one that he had kind of pushed through with Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman um, and things like that. And so they hired Joss Whedon to come in and complete the film and, and do about an hour of reshoots uh, from the looks of things and cut the movie down to about two hours. But, of course, rumours started circulating about an entirely different version of the film. That gained a lot of traction. There was a lot of uh, fan support for seeing Zack Snyder's version uh, get a release and a recut. Uh, so last year, um, Warners announced that they would release the Zack Snyder version through their HBO Max streaming platform, which then at the time was a very new new platform and it's still quite is new. Um, and again, a, a lot of mixed reaction. We'll get into some of the fan stuff, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, now we have the, the film itself. So, Nikki, you're you're actually kind of a big fan of the Zack Snyder movies, right? Yeah, the, and the superhero stuff. When they first came out, they were a little like mm. I, I I didn't take to them right away. Then okay. you know, obviously seeing the the old Justice League that came out, and then you know, I was like, let me just like keep rewatching these and like really just like saturate, you know, like 
sometimes I think it's hard for people to stomach when they go into something not expecting the world to be different. You know, we have like the old Supermans that are like for that time period, like a little like hokey, you know, a little slapsticky here and there. And that's fine because that's how the older comics were. So then you have somebody coming in and it's like this dark world. It's just a totally different, well, we could call it multiverse, (laughs) you know, and like, it's jarring. It's jarring and abrasive, like when you first watch it. But then, you know, when you just sort of accept it for what it is, you kind of like love it for that at the same time because you're not getting fed the same thing. It's kind of like my argument with jokers over time. You don't want to see the same joker over and over and over again. You know, you hire different people that have a different take on it and just appreciate their spin on it. So you're not seeing the same thing over and over again. Um, but yeah, like, I ended up going back, watching all the first two, uh, the Man of Steel and then the Batman versus Superman one. Mm. And then I watched the Josh, Josh Whedon one <laughs> of Justice League and then got right into the Snyder version of it. So, okay. like, I was cracked out by the end of it. Like, you know, <laughs> like a lot of like, watching. <laughs> like, did you did you do the whole thing in one go? Because I, I had to watch in two or three chunks because it's a four hour movie. We should say also I've got to remind people for anyone who hasn't seen it, um, probably maybe switch this off and come back to us afterwards because we are going to do spoilers, but four hour movie, it's all in a, a four, three aspect ratio, which I think has been done because a lot of the film was done in IMAX. However, like we'll, we'll get into that. I don't think there's any yeah. really, really need for it to be in a, a pillar boxed. So you, you'll have black borders on the side of the screen rather than the top and the bottom when you see it. Um, and, and it certainly was the way I saw it over here on, on now TV, but um, yeah, uh, it, it's a long movie. <laughs> it's long. I had to take a break. Cause after like another two hours of watching pieces of the same movie and like uh, immediately, mm. like as soon as I turn on the Snyder version, um and we can jump back to this later i'm not gonna i'll just get to the point uh the music already drew me in differently so like i'm like wow they really they really like effed with the first one (laughs) the first take of it so then i like took my break after like two hours i'm like all right i need to see like the sun for a second and then i got back in and finished it out but like I had to break it only solely because I had just watched like three movies yeah. leading up to that. So, but uh, as far as it, like there was no drag in it, in my opinion, whatsoever. Okay. So that's, uh, that's interesting because like, <clears throat> so the, the score in the 2017 one is done by Danny Elfman, um, which is a perfectly good film score. I, I did prefer the film score in this one, which is Junkie XL or Tom Holkenberg as he's, he's credited. He's, he's some kind, sometimes called Junkie XL. I don't know why he has, why he uses the two different ones. I don't know. Um, I, didn't, I never looked into that. Either. Yeah. Uh, he is a kind of protege of Hans Zimmer, which is why they've, they've done mm-hmm. a lot of stuff together and he's credited on a lot of Hans Zimmer albums. But yes, yeah, so I, I can see straight away. Yes, that is one one major change is, is the score. Um, I really love the score in this one. Um, it, for the film itself. Now I felt that structurally it's the same movie. 
personally speaking, it's the same film, and you do get a lot of the same scenes. Um, did you feel that way, or did you did it feel like a completely different film to you? It was, it was night and day. It was like okay by the end of this one, the Snyder version. I was like, what the hell? Like, and obviously knowing you know what mm. actually happened behind the scenes. It was like, why couldn't they just execute in that direction? Like, why didn't they go with that initial vision for it? Because it uh, the Whedon version was so disjointed. If you watch them as a trilogy, which you should, mm. um, it was so jarring <laughs> as far as the mood goes. Like, he had the wackiness to it. Like, again, like, we're not making a Tim Burton movie, <laughs> you know, with the old Batmans, you know, which that was the... Um, Shoot, what's his name? Uh, 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 Danny Elfman music yeah. was associated with that. So you get like the same like, like throughout the whole thing. And it's like, this is not the place for this. It doesn't fit with the initial two movie tones. Um, but yeah, this like, this is what like a totally different experience for me because it really pulled in all that emotion that was going on. There were no like, uh, unnecessary like jokes throughout the whole thing, which actually detracts from some of the more meaningful moments in the, in the old version, like bawled my eyes out when uh, Superman's mom's coming down the drive and she just like looks at him in the Whedon <laughs> version. I shit you not fall. I cry like a little bitch. Like, in, in the, like so, hold on in the, in the first version. Yeah. in the Whedon version. Okay. This version, it was so like the tone was like so consistent throughout it. I was like, oh wow, that like I didn't cry like a little bitch this time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I really lost it. Like I had a pause. I was like, yeah. Okay. But um, but yeah, like so stuff like that was different. But then the music and the tone in uh, you know, like in the Whedon version. You had like Aquaman marching down, chugging whiskey, and then hopping into the water with like a WWE theme going on in the background. It's like, what? What the hell am I watching right now? Wait, do Do you not feel that you still got a lot of that here, just no. with slightly different music? Oh come on, totally, it was the I, same scene. The same it was scene. totally different. I'm telling it's you, so I watched them, Paul. I watched them back to back. There is no like you can't even compare the two movies. Like they're totally different. Okay. Somebody totally different, and like. Oh, here's the other big one that I'm like really taking this home with. All right. Listen, I didn't mind Wonder Woman and her first movie, but after seeing the last one, I hate her. And then watching her again, <laughs> I feel so bad. I keep slamming this woman on these podcasts. I I could not effing stand her and Josh Whedon's version of her yeah. versus Snyder's. Like she was so tolerable in comparison because of the music choices and uh the lines that he chose for her like like these stupid i i work with children oh let's talk about steve and like keep like lay it on with steve like i'm done with effing steve i don't want to hear about him ever again <laughs> now hopefully people will remember that we we did we did the wonder woman 84 podcast uh, uh and video uh, and we had a slight disagreement, shall we say, over <laughs> whether or not that was a good movie. Um, Never. Which I, 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 I fully, I fully kind of expect to be 
you know, I, I fully expect history to find me wrong on that one because the, the general consensus seems to have been, that, oh, it's not really that great a movie. I, I enjoyed it, but that that's just me. Um, okay, now I, in terms of, I, I actually found it to be the same film. Like there, there, there is not, and I don't mean aesthetically, yes, completely different, mm-hmm. but a lot of the major scenes were the same, except, you know, in the Whedon version, they are shorter. Um, and I'm, I'm really sorry to say blissfully. So um, <laughs> I, I didn't like the Whedon version, by the way, like I, I, I not a fan of it. I, I think okay. it, it was an appallingly bad film. Um, and I think the reason for the tonal shift was that um, Marvel had been kind of racing ahead with their movies. And a lot of those had come out, you, you know, as being better received than the DC films. And what what had happened was somewhere there was a decision to kind of shift towards that time because they felt that was what was missing. Now I think Zack Snyder's problem, if you want to say that. And again, I've tried directing movies. I'm not very good at it. So my hat's off to him for being able to, to make those choices. Um, and, and one of the things I, I've I picked up sort of over the years was I, I did manage to talk to a VFX guy. I can't say his name, or the company that he worked for, because he asked me not to. Uh, lovely guy, though, but he, he, he'd he done work for both Marvel and DC on their movies, and he said that the difference between Marvel and DC is if you want to make a change on a Marvel movie to a VFX shot, that has to go through a lot of people. If you want to make a change on the DC movie, you're just dealing with Zack Snyder. Oh, wow. And he will he will make that decision, but I think somewhere along the line that might have got on DC's nerves. Like <laughs> I, ah. I don't know, um, because the, 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 the thing we've got to remember in all this is, yes, we've had this wonderful fan movement to get these this film completed and out there, and I, I do think that's wonderful. It's lovely to see that passion. Hmm. I think some of the fans have been a bit um, harsher than they needed to be towards people that didn't agree with them. However, I felt that a lot of the the attitude towards the kind of Zack Snyder fans from, I mean, mainly when you see it on Twitter, it was very sneering and quite um, patronising. Oh wow! I, so, I haven't read anything. Like, oh, okay. I just, like I, I, mean, I, I caught, a... I, I caught a, a smidgen of it, and and I, I just think that the attitude was, you know, how dare you say that he should be allowed to complete his film? The other films have been terrible, and and you know what? I, I didn't like the other movies that he did. The 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 superhero ones, at least. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll you know I'll be honest about that straight up. Um, <clears throat> however. I think he had every right to be able to complete his film in a world where, you know, directors like Ridley Scott, of the the 20 films they've done, more than half of those have been recut mm-hmm. more than once. So I think the Blade Runner, if you go out and buy a Blade Runner box set now, that has five different versions of that film. Yeah. 
five different versions. It's crazy, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and so I, I don't think there's any major issue with him being able to complete his film. Obviously, a lot of attention has been put on the expense. I, I think this has cost something like seventy million. I'm not sure that's true because I I've got a feeling he was pretty much done with the film and he was color grading mm -hmm. and and you know once you're color grading you're, you're kind of getting into the home stretch really so I, i've got a feeling that there's there's been a bit of fudge on the on, on the figures really and, and maybe some other costs that are attributed with this have, have been kind of added on now had the attitude of certain people not been so sneering and patronizing maybe the fans wouldn't have been ambitious and you know, let's remember they did something really wonderful, which was they went out and they raised money for um, a, a suicide prevention foundation in Zack Snyder's daughter's name because, you know, sadly she, she yeah. lost her life. She, she took her own life, which is a tragedy. And I'm not attacking him over any of that. I think that is, that's terrible to have to go to, especially as a parent. Um, I've gone way off. Sorry. It's all kind of related um, to the tone of like, his movie mm. anyway, you know, and like yeah. my initial take on it was I thought that they didn't want that to be the tone or like reflect yeah. in the movies. And like, you know, whereas Marvel's ever like happy go lucky with everything, you know, and like kind of like taking DC out of that doom and gloom, you know, that is like really apparent in a lot of these storylines. Yeah. And I, I think that the I, I like, I like grim and gritty stuff. Um, I think it needs to be a different balance. And and if you want to look at a, a serious movie about superheroes, I, I think really you can look at DC and just look at the Dark Knight trilogy and look how mm -hmm. earnest that, that stuff is and how much it takes its characters seriously um, and its, its plot seriously and its themes seriously, really importantly, like it's the themes. Yeah. And I think the trouble with Zack Snyder is he, he gets wrapped up in what he feels the theme should be mm -hmm. uh, and ignores less interesting ones for me. Um, sorry, I want to hear about more, more how, how you feel about it because I'm, I'm babbling away. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, no, I think you bring up a lot of important things. Um, if I'm like talking about the, the movie as far as being cohesive, like there's, there's just no comparison to me because yeah. like as far as, what what has been added in Snyder's version is like more backstory on the boxes, how Cyborg got them. Like mm. that was like a big what the f. Like how how do these people like have this thing to begin with? Um, and also fun fact, his father who had you know gotten hold of the box. Uh, what what are they called again? Uh, mother boxes. Mother boxes. Do you realize that he was the same guy in Terminator that yeah. Sarah Connor came and blew him away? Yeah, yeah like, this guy yeah. needs to stay out of the lab, okay, is what needs to come up. <laughs> My head exploded when that was called to attention. <laughs> um, but anyhow, aside from that, like, that made sense. Like, they kind of, like, gave you the backstory there. The, the first version, there was nothing, no mention of Dark Side and... Uh, how the hell you say the other guy's name? Dasad. Dasad. Yeah. Dasad. Mm. Yeah. Again, like these weren't characters I was really familiar with, but like I loved all those parts because then it kind of like 
brought Steppenwolf to a different level too. Like, oh, he has to like report into these people, you know, like, so he, there's like a lot at stake for him, you know, versus it just, it brought him finding all these pieces like to a totally different level for me. Okay. So like, I think a lot of that stuff was explained more. Um, I even, although I was very pissed off that they like kept promoting the Joker stuff. And then it was only in that little piece at the end. Cause I was like, where the F is Jared Lee? I want to see him. I want to see him. I want to see him. Because I know everybody hates him, like, because of the Suicide Squad stuff. But, like, again, I appreciated the fact that he went totally different with that. I don't want to see, like, a Jack Nicholson remake. I don't want to see somebody trying to be Heath Ledger, you know? Like, I want somebody's own take on it, you know? And a Joaquin Phoenix, like, totally different take on these characters. And I appreciate the fact that, A, it wasn't a bad take. <laughs> but, B, you know, like he was trying to do something different. Like, this is the manic, like, you can't even, not that you can really reason with Joker, but, like, he's just so psychotic. Mm. Like, and I want to see that interaction more. Like, that made uh, Batman versus Superman, like, that little scene, like, that Batman had that it was, like, a dream sequence there, like, where Flash, like, pops in. He's like, Lois is the key, you know, like, that in the other movie it tied it back together at the end of the Justice League one. So it wasn't just a random thing. I, I mean, I still found with that sequence, you, you're still not getting the, the answers well, as to why Lois is the key and why. Like, and it's annoying that, I mean, one, you'll never find out now because it looks like there's not going to be any more <laughs> Zack Snyder superhero movies, which I'm, I'm fine with. <laughs> Well, you know I love the horror stuff anyway. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's my mood. And the thing is, like, I would say to all, if there are any sort of Snyder fans watching this, and of course to you, Nikki, like, if you enjoyed it, great. Like, I think that's good. I'm glad that people have got the film that they wanted. Um, Like, I, I genuinely am, because I, I think it, it... In an era where where fandom does seem to be driving the the conversation and does seem to be driving the direction that people uh, want to going with these films, um, I think this kind of was an important step. Now I'm not sure how much it will be driven by fandom after this, because yeah. I, I think now it's kind of very much okay. You've had your fun, yeah. <laughs> now we got to you know keep an eye on the time and the money. Um, the, the, the tonal shifts are, yes, tonally it is consistent. Unfortunately, the thing I found is that that tone is miserablest. And I, I just don't. And yeah, all right. The Christopher Nolan films were quite miserable, especially when you get to Dark Knight Rises. You knew that I was going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> with that comment. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, like, Dark Knight Rises is one of the most miserable. Um, big budget films I've ever yeah. seen in my life. Yeah. But I feel that it was thematically sound and that misery came from all the right places. You understood where it was come from. I kind of think with Zack Snyder's stuff, it's just miserable because he likes the tone to be miserable. Like he's, he seems very Frank Miller obsessed oh. and he seems obsessed with the most negative aspects of Frank Miller's work. And and it's just like, look, I, I love Dark Knight Returns as well, but like, uh, and and I, I've got to be honest, 
there are at least two or three scenes in this movie that are pointless. And the reason they're pointless is because they don't advance character. They don't tell you anything about the character. And they don't advance the plot. And and for me, that makes them entirely redundant. And I'll, and I'll pick out the ones that... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that I'm, I'm, I'm like so... You're like, so, again, and, and, blowing my head, like... So you you kind of you kind of hit on it. So there's the scene where Aquaman rescues the guy who's caught out yeah. in the middle of the storm, right? And then buggers off back into the ocean, smashes his whiskey bottle, pollutes the ocean. That's nice, cool. Cheers for that, Aquaman. <laughs> um, and <laughs> yeah, so that scene entirely point. What does it tell you? Nothing. Oh, what does it do wait, to advance? Uh, wait, the wait, wait. I'm going to jump in right there. Okay. Go on. I think that that is important for the character development from the standpoint. Okay. Aquaman's an a-hole. Okay. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> <laughs> but still, he didn't let that guy die in the ocean. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Mm -hmm. still well, why did he just, like, leave him there? Swim his ass all the way back to land. And then he's like, you know what? I'll take this because I did you a favor. And I'm going to let you know I did you a favor and then just pops off, does whatever the hell he wants. Even like, it's just, like what? Yeah, but my, he's like, he's a good guy, but he's like annoying or like a, an asshole at the same time. Like he's, he struggles with my, being fully good. Okay. But I think that's information you, you, you get in the next scene. Cause isn't it the next scene where Steppenwolf turns up to, to Atlanta or it, like the next Underwater scene along is the one where Steppenwolf turns up for the mother box. Yeah, so yeah, you, get like, that, you get all that. Yeah, but you get all that from that scene. Like you just didn't need. Like it was entirely narratively pointless. It like built up with him. You know, I think they did that well with every character. I, I feel okay. like I actually knew something about some of these characters. Oh, like, I, like I'm willing to to kind of. Yeah, and, I know it's gonna be a hard sell, but like, no, no, no. I, like I, I think. I think everyone's entitled to an opinion, and if that's your opinion, I'm like, that's no. fine. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not attacking you. It's no, no, no. I never feel that, and I hope you don't feel like I'm jumping. No, no, you. no. But like, um, you know, with the whole Aquaman thing again, like another character I, I can't like stomach too much. But like, um, you have like this struggle with him. Like he feels like his mom abandoned him. Like he has like a mom issue, and like he's like, you know what, like. I don't want to deal with these people. I'm like, well, this is your responsibility because this is what your mom would have done. Well, my mom left me. You know, like there's that internal struggle. Cyborg, same thing. Like his father was never around. He was always in the lab. Like he does not like his father. That was not present in the first version of this at all. Like he died in a car with his, <clears throat> or he got hit with his mother in the car and that's how she died. He was close with her. So like now he's stuck with a parent that, he wasn't really attached to, you know, like that's why they have that back and forth. Um, who else? Flash, you know, like his father was wrongly charged for what was going on. You you have like this guy with all this potential that's like holding himself back for whatever reason, you know, and you see him with like the dead end job, you know, struggle. And th there was just so much more. Sure. But again, I, I, that, I that was another scene I found narratively pointless. The whole Kind of the, the car crash sequence was entirely pointless because all it seems to tell you is 
that yes, he's, he's struggling to find a job, and they, and they could have done that. They could have been over with that in 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 less than two minutes. Instead, what you get is this massively long special effects sequence where the woman who I, I guess will one day be revealed to be Iris mm-hmm. West, who becomes his wife, is in a car accident. It's just like, look, you don't need all this. It's just fat. Just trim that fat because you just don't need it. It's not driving the plot. Did it make you connect with them anymore? No. Like I, no, I thought because... it was great. Like this this guy's like being held back in quote unquote life, but he has like the potential to do these like he's tapping oh, okay. into his superpower. You know, that's 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 a wonderful way to look at it. Actually. Yeah, you're, you're 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 completely right. That is a wonderful way to look at it. But I just don't feel as a scene in the movie, it, it's it's necessary or needed you just you could have done it another way in a, in a different scene two hours yeah. <laughs> yeah. i could see your point with like these are the parts that could have maybe like been trimmed down yeah you well, know you just like, like they're just not like uh, this is what i get frustrated I, I i really get frustrated with people indulging themselves in movies just for the sake of indulging themselves um and there's a there's a great thing on on like one of the Transformers movies. I think it's probably even the first one. And there's like the commentary on the Blu-rays. I listen to a lot of that stuff because I, I just find it in- interesting. But Michael Bay in the commentary goes, well, it, and it's an entirely point of scene. He goes, this scene is just in the movie because, um, well, because I wanted it in there. And it was just like, that. right, there you go. That's the problem. Because you wanted it. Can I... Let's stay with this for a second. Go on. You know, at the end when Joker comes out and he's talking about giving Batman the reach around, yeah, that well, like, that... like what the f line? You know that later on after thinking about it and watching that part over and over, like how the hell could this have gotten into the movie? Um, <laughs> then I was like rationally, oh, like does is Joker acknowledging him and Batman are both like not entirely good, so they're jailmates together? And then, it, you know, Eric ended up looking into it and like. It apparently Jared Leto was just, you know, like going on, you know, a tangent. And then he's like, oh, he's never going to make it in the movie. But then he even said it to to Snyder. And he was like, oh, just fucking watch me. Like, and the guy puts it in the, in the movie. Like, right. But there you go. Like, I mean, that's what I mean. That is, that's kind of not yours, but that's your ego talking. That's not, that's not what the film once and I, I think the thing with film is having tried you know having gone through writing and, and things like that is the film will tell you what it wants to be quite quickly mm-hmm. um and you may start out thinking oh this is a film about this but the, the film will start to tell yeah. you what it wants to be and what it needs to be and I, I just don't think he's listening to the movie um I, and I just found all that stuff to be it's just like a kind of this is just posturing like it's all just posturing and and I, I saw this thing once from the nerd writer who I, who I absolutely love. I love his videos. Um, and he did one on on when the trailer for the Whedon version came out. They were like, or well, not for the Whedon version, but when they'd introduced the, the, like the funny stuff in, inside the film. And he was saying, look, everyone is talking like um, this is going to solve, like adding jokes will solve the problem of Zack Snyder's film. And he he was like, no, it won't. Because here's the problem with Zack Snyder's films is that he, he loves moments. Yeah. 
but he doesn't know how to build them into scenes. And and I think that's true. I think he does not understand film structure properly. Um, I think he, at one time or another, I felt he did really get it because I, I think Dawn of the Dead is amazing. Mm. And that's a well-structured film with good scenes. It's fun. It's, you know, horrific. It's everything you needed that film to be. I think 300 was a great movie. Yeah. Like, I I love 300. And I think once he started making superhero films and once those became hits and then that allowed him to kind of really indulge in stuff and you get things like Sucker Punch, which I I think is is a bunch of ideas all thrown together rather than starting with a really good idea and letting something flow naturally out of that. I think once you start getting into that arena, you've got problems because he's just indulged. I've got a feeling that Army of the Dead will be a good movie, personally. Um, but I, I don't think this is a. I don't think this is a terrible movie. I think it's an interesting experiment. I think it closes off his group of films quite nicely. You don't need that sequence at the end. You just like just lose that. What? And the film, that was another thing that annoyed me. It just wouldn't bloody end. It's just like, <laughs> come on, like it's done now. Come on, it's not, it wasn't like Gerald, Guillermo del Toro, like never ending. It like, what? that guy can't end a movie. What? Like, yeah, yeah, and like, again, big horror fans, like, could have ended it like three times before. Everything that was in this movie, I, I thought was appropriate. I, that satisfied my like what the f moment in uh, Batman vs Superman. Like that that scene with them. Like also, like I guess we won't get into this now. It's Slade Wilson. Like I never connected the dots. That looks like so, okay. So, like, so what the f? So okay. The, the, I don't. Do you know the history of this stuff? I so, really don't. Yeah. Right. So so. Slade Wilson, um, uh, God, now I've forgotten the name of the character that he plays. Um, that he that he is, but anyway, oh, dead, that dead sh- dead shot is it? No, dead, isn't sh- dead no, dead shot is um, Will Smith's character in oh. Suicide Squad. Uh, Deathstroke, sorry, Deathstroke, yeah, sorry, Deathstroke the Terminator. Right, so Slade Wilson came first. Um, really? That yes. He he's from the Teen Titans, I believe, uh, way back in the early eighties. Um, so there's a, 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 a God. I'm having to go back into my comics brain now, and I can't do it. Um, so that, that there's a storyline that, that that Slade Wilson emerges from in the Teen Titans, and he's a long time Teen Titans, and then by extension Batman. Um, Nemesis. Uh, Marvel then did, and it's done as a joke. Like yeah. it, it is done as a, a, a joke. Uh, a, a you know they did Wade Wilson, Wade Wilson. <laughs> yeah. which is Deadpool. Which is um, like and it, my it, it heart. is yeah. yeah, and it is kind of they are effectively very similar characters. Um, and, and just like I think DC then returned the favor a few years back in Harley Quinn, where they they created a character called Red Tool, um, <laughs> which is is meant to be a play. Yeah, um, so it is that they, there is a lot of that in comics. I mean, you've only got to look at Swamp Thing and Man Thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Which 
I really gotta go and like look into yeah. this a little more. Yeah. But, but um yeah, that's that that come comes from from that. And and of course your the scene that they're doing that the in the Whedon version was we should start a little team of our own. That's the Legion Doom, yeah. basically. So um that's that's where that stuff all comes from. But again, my, my memory is hazy because I I like you know, I, I started comics in the late 80s and, and just read forwards. I didn't necessarily go back to yeah. a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, but I, I, I just I just found this movie really kind of... I enjoyed it a lot more than the original version. Oh, that's... I must say. And I, I think, you know, from the sound of it, you did too. Um, and I think that I'm glad that he got to do it. Yeah, me too. Um but I'm, I'm still not satisfied that it's going to be a great, like it's a great movie. Like I just think I just, <laughs> eh, it's not all there. Um, but yeah, no, please give, give me, give me no, more. Yeah, yeah. You, I, I think the points I, you I got, brought up are really I got kind notes. Of... Oh, you know, what's funny about my notepad that I wrote in. <laughs> I've had this for like upwards of 20 years. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. I found it. I was like, oh, I got to show this to Paul. I'll appreciate it. it's Wonder Woman. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> did you not think though that, that some of those, I mean, I, I felt Snyder's handling of the action was not as good as as some of Whedon's stuff. And in particular, that Wonder Woman sequence in the, the kind of courts of justice at the beginning was kind of looked worse exactly, than the that's exactly where i was going uh <clears throat> i like how she gets rid of the bomb saves mm. everybody and then blows out that one guy the bad guy through the window and like explodes the whole side of the building yeah. like with her own power like <laughs> i saw i was like what the effing hell <laughs> like <laughs> you literally flew it out let it explode yeah. everywhere <laughs> Like nobody got hurt, nobody got injured. There was no like shrapnel anywhere. <laughs> and then you literally go back in where all the hostages are and blow this guy out a window. Like, what the hell kind of logic was that? Um that was that was like the one thing that really just didn't make sense um to me at all. Otherwise, I really liked it. I'm like looking back at my notes now, like, oh, I, I liked seeing more of the flash stuff too. And like explaining okay. that um, I might've missed it in the first one. It wasn't as like beat you over the head with it, but like his ability to uh, adjust the time. Yeah. So that I thought like really explained those, you know, uh, segments where Batman was having the flash forward to maybe a multiverse and stuff mm. like that. And I think that like, you know, calls into the comics a little bit nicer, you know, again, like something that we don't see, like in the other movies, you're just watching a Batman movie. You're just watching the characters. You know, this is like, Oh wait, you could be watching this movie and you could be watching like a parallel universe or something else going on. You know, I, yeah. I thought it was fun for being as like the tone. I thought it was fun as far as playing with that aspect of it. Okay. That's, um, no, that's, that's interesting. Because I like, I, I feel that because his tone is quite dour and serious, um, I, I that that's what put puts me off a bit. Although you know, I've said it before, I, I actually quite like sad movies that are, are, are sort of painted up as summer blockbusters. I, I think yeah. it's always quite subversive when you can yeah. do that. Um, 
but I I think that he's it's just his overall kind of tone, and I don't necessarily agree about the the kind of Randian worldview that everyone thinks he's got, and um, I, I'm not sure that's actually present in the film. Um, because of some of the more emotional stuff. And I, I feel like kind of he's trying to add weight, emotional weight to scenes that normally just wouldn't have them. And I, and, and I wonder if maybe actually what he should do is embrace the fun and action a bit more mm-hmm. of, of a scene and stop trying to add emotional weight. Stop putting Nick Cave on the soundtrack stop putting because that drove me mad as well like all the like the songs were beautiful but it's just mm-hmm. like look i don't yeah i don't really need song to the siren played which is one of my favorite songs and you know <laughs> interestingly noticed. enough interestingly enough song to the siren is a song that compares uh love to um a ship tossed at sea huh. wouldn't have that been better in the any of the Aquaman scenes rather than say in the flash, the distinctly landlocked flash. <laughs> so like that, that, that kind of drove me mad. The you songs are beautiful. Oh, like hundred percent. I, I um, think that it calls into what you were saying before though. Like as far as catering to his own needs. Yeah. And it, it, it's about his kind of, I'll, I'll add weight to this by, by kind of playing this sad movie. And it's just like, look, please stop. I get it. Lois Lane is sad because Superman's died. I get it. You don't need to fucking play this song. I mean, sorry, go on. <laughs> However, I think you know where I'm going. She go was on. not as obnoxious as Wonder Woman constantly bringing up Steve. <laughs> She's just like eating that feeling and like we're feeling it with her. Not, oh, I knew somebody that could fly that plane. I once <laughs> knew somebody that, you know, it's like shut up about this guy already. You knew him for like two weeks. I think it's. Um, Sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to derail of, that. <laughs> I, don't, I, I just find your. Your hatred of, of Wonder Woman just just superb. Like I love it. <laughs> you like yeah, and you like it was like a wonderful yeah. book. I wrote this in. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it, it. It's interesting. I mean, the, the thing is, you do lose a couple of of nice scenes in because you know from the weeding cut to this cut, uh, principally, and and this is going to upset you because it upsets everyone when I say this, but. Uh-oh. So I actually think the first version of Justice League had the um, best, one of the best scenes I've seen in a superhero movie, but done really badly. Okay. Um, which was the opening sequence where Superman is talking to the little kids and they're filming in his mobile phone. Yeah. Which, you know, has the has the face stuff, the, the really piss poor um, uh, kind of... CGI surgery they did. Um, <laughs> That's terrible. 
But but the actual content of the scene itself, mm-hmm. where the little kids ask him, "Oh, what, what what is it you? What's the thing that you really love about Earth?" And you see him kind of look away, and he's kind of wistful, and you can tell he's thinking about Lois Lane. I thought that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like I, I genuinely thought it was absolutely beautiful. So you lose that, and I would have liked to have seen that scene redone without the crappy face. Yeah, um, <laughs> I 100% also, agree. Yeah, and 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 also the, the 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 you lose the kind of funniest scene I think, which is um, Aquaman sitting on the yeah. lesser of truth. Yeah, which is a great scene, and <laughs> and it just like it, it, I, I'm I'm really sad that that's not in there because that that I think I felt that actually spoke more to the character than than any other kind of yeah. like the, the toss in the whiskey bottle and all this kind of macho bullshit that he kind of does. It's just, it's just like Well that you know, was I, in the that was in the Whedon version. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Well I mean but what I'm saying is that scene with the lasso where he, he actually t- addresses his fears mm-hmm. and kind of said more about his character than any of those other things. Did. Oh yeah. And I I, I think that um it kind of really needed to be addressed a bit more, more, I don't know, with less, just less posturing. Like I hate posturing in films. Mm. I sat and watched that bloody Hobson Shaw the other day as well. <laughs> you remember did. I messaged you about yeah. that. Um, <laughs> and and, and it, it just like that is full of, you know, Men staring longingly at each other while they flex and pose and talk about how tough they are. And it's just like, just get a room. Just get a room. Yeah, I can't see that. Do you know what? I would would love to see a gay action film. I would too, yeah. Because it's just like, just get over this now. Get over it now. I mean, I, I I like kind of the tough guy vigilante stuff as much as anybody. I get a kick out of it. But I, I think there is a certain amount of, the, I don't know. It, it just It's like a lot of bald people bothering each other. Yeah. I just can't stand it. It just drives me mad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but like even the Aquaman stuff, I love those parts, or even the one that they cut out, uh, or I guess it wasn't part of it, was when Superman like looks like he's about to lose his shit. And like they're mm. all looking at him on the other side, and then Aquaman's just he's not okay, he's not okay, you know. Like that was like I died laughing because it like it broke that tension, but it's like, oh, they're about to get rocked right now, and like this guy's afraid, you know, like there's just dynamic, there's a level of um I, yeah, you know what I mean? Okay, well, yeah. I, I see where you're going. Well, my problem with that stuff is is the the, the like the use of powers is not imaginative. Mm-hmm. Like it just isn't, you know, there's no point in the film where Batman, creature of the night, man mm-hmm. who can hide anywhere in shadows from anyone, is stealthy. There's no point where Superman uses his heat vision interestingly or his super strength interestingly. Aquaman could literally change the flow of, I'm pretty sure, canonically to the comics, can change the flow of the water through your body and it's just like at no stage is that like like there's no interest it's just smack 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 yeah. boom 
great big bloody machine. Here we go. Militarized machine. Great. And it's just like, like, do something different. You want to do something different. It's mad. Yeah. Like, Although it, I, I will say I did enjoy seeing Batman <laughs> drop the F bomb, which I remember and Superman just like, I'm, I'm going to murder everyone. Like, yeah. you know, it's just time for me to murder everyone. I enjoyed seeing that aspect of it. Like, oh, well, I can't kill the joke. I can't kill these people. Like, cause that would be the wrong thing to do. It's like, ah, F it. Let's just kill these people. They murder everybody. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's kind of, I, I have so many mixed feelings about it. I, I, I still think, yes, it's it's a great, it's great that you got to do it, and I'm glad that people liked it. It's not for me, and and I think I've just come to, and and that's the thing is you you necessarily can't sit there and scream about these things. I've just I've just spent half an hour <laughs> screaming about these things, but I think I think the thing is is to just kind of go, hey, you know what, this isn't for me. And I uh, and and walk away. I, I hope there won't be any more of these now. I am I I am kind of done with this version. Although, let's face it, if there are more of these, I'll go see it because <laughs> I hate myself. And um, I'll still watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and I have to, unfortunately. Um, but I'm glad he got to make his film, and I am curious to see what he will do next. Like, I, I'd love to see what Army of the Dead is going to be like. And I, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. Because that's, that's all you can do. And I'm sure you you get this as well. When you when you sit down to watch a movie or a show, what you want is, is you know, there's a critic called Kenneth Turan who, who most famously berated Titanic and, and called the ire of James Cameron because of it. But Kenneth Turan said that when he goes into a movie, the, the sentence that goes through his mind is, Boy, I hope this is good, and and it's just like, yeah, okay, I, I, and I think for a lot of people, this this will be, they'll get that, yeah, this was good, and and I'm glad they do. However, it does not ignore the fundamental flaws in filmmaking that are are inherent in the film. It's a better version than Joss Whedon movie for me, um, and I I think you're right. I think they should have maybe cut the movie down. And maybe shot a couple of bridging scenes to cover those cuts, um, but largely gone with his vision in the first place. Mm. It's Snyder's vision, um, and you would have had a much less compromised film going out there. Um, and the music, that that I think that's the biggest thing. I okay. think if you would have changed the music in the first one, it would have been a totally different movie. I don't understand why that needed to be done. Like, why wouldn't you keep the same guy on the project? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know what's happened there. They maybe wanted a surer superhero hand because the, the, the thing with Danny Elfman is once he did Batman, that's it. It was Danny Elfman music on every freaking superhero movie. Like yeah. every superhero movie just had the Danny Elfman style. Um, and I'm not knocking that. It's good music. I like Danny Elfman. Um, I think he's a very interesting composer. I he's do doing too. Some really wildly experimental stuff at the time. And um, see, I got I got his uh, his music. That's the Batman I, one. Wow, I was wondering about that because that's a lovely. Um, that's the vinyl, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, those were I, lovely albums. I, I I don't have them because I don't have a record player. 
uh, or you know 200 bucks but, <laughs> but they um <laughs> sorry they, they carried over from when i had a job <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh wow those halcyon days i remember what that yeah. was like Ready <laughs> money yeah uh, but- but yeah, yes. like I like his music. There's, I love it in the Tim Burton movie. I think it fits with uh, Tim Burton's execution of it. Yeah. However, yeah. there's an ongoing joke at my house that anytime there's a score from Danny Elfman, I will fall asleep. <laughs> I, I can't, I, and I, I think it's great. I, I just, there's something about it that that lulls me a little bit. I can, I those, can listen to that and just fall asleep. Maybe it's those really deep, sonorous kind yeah. of. <laughs> maybe. Uh, uh, sort of church style music that he does, um, Nikki. I, I'm really sorry because I, I feel like we've we we have now had a compromised cut of this podcast because we we are now we, we we kind of ran over schedule because we were kind of behind schedule before, and I've got to go and jump on a, another oh. another one of these, but for for uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode two with, with Liz. Um, so I'm really sorry to cut this short because I, I've really loved this today. And I, I feel we could have got a lot more into this and got a lot more meat out of it. I'm hoping you'll come back for the, we're going to do a Patreon only kind of group chat. You, me, Keith, I hope, and uh, and Liz, uh, who hasn't seen the movie yet, but he's, oh, he's okay. going to watch it this week. Um, so I'm hoping you'll come back for that. Maybe next week we'll, we'll do that for the, for the patrons and, and you'll, you'll get a chance to kind of voice more of your your love for this um i'm really sorry um but i, I want to thank you for doing this thank you if people want to find your art or your music um because nikki is a terrific musician as well i i, I really enjoyed her music in the past and, and her art indeed um where would they find that find me on instagram slanted line i have links out to music if you want to hear it or just to say hello just message me yeah and likewise you can get in touch with me at comic crush paul or uh, at the Comic Crush on Twitter and Insta. And of course, check out thecomiccrush.com for articles and uh, information about comics. We've got loads of stuff on there. We've got loads of new stuff coming up in the next few weeks. There's a, a web store where you can buy comics if you need to. Um, so yeah, just check out thecomiccrush.com. Catch us here every week. At the moment, we have running the Falcon and the Winter Soldier show, the worst team up ever, which is uh, myself and Liz. Um, <laughs> we've got From Panels to Pictures, which is this show, uh, which often features Nikki now. Uh, but the next one, I think, is... I can't remember what the next thing is we're doing. I think it's Jupiter's Legacy, um, which is a Mark Miller thing. And I, I don't know who's going to come on and co-host that with me, so <laughs> we, can, uh, we can talk about that. Um, but, yeah... Give us a shout anytime. Drop us a comment below. Um, contact us at the Comic Crush on Twitter and Instagram. I'd love to hear from you guys. Let us know what you think of the show, of the movie, and uh, yeah, just just give us a shout. Um, and do check out the Patreon, please, because there's lots of great stuff you can get uh, if you're a patron, and you can be a patron from like two pounds a month, which is nothing really. Um, or you can make a donation now. There is a donations button. If you want to help us keep going, because this is all done in our, our free time, we would love to expand it and do do more of this. Um, if you want to do that, you can drop as little as a pound in there, and that helps me uh, hopefully pay my contributors 
that's my my big goal for the year is to actually be able to give my co-hosts some money for for their time and their expertise and um yeah you can do that all on the uh the comiccrush.com thanks very much nikki thanks Paul. <laughs> thanks and bye. we'll see you again soon sounds good bye bye